So I gave it a quick listen and, um, well, if you look at the song titles, for one, a bit of a big giveaway. I think generally with artists, anything that we're singing about is related to grief, whether it's grief from war or secondary losses or death. I think in this album, it's, you know, I don't know who this album is dedicated to, if it was a band member or a family member, but it spoke to me so much because, you know, he was saying death is not the end. Uh, I think in the song Love Letter, um, you know, one minute you're here and the next you're gone, which is very much related to sudden death. everyone and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music and mostly his fans. I am your host Jesse Jackson and returning today is a, a, a return guest. I guess that was redundant, return, return. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, Kalasima was Kalasima was with me back in February. She is a podcaster and uh, I love talking to her so much. I'm having her back. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Jesse. You all right? Happy to be back. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah. So tell us, uh, for those of you who didn't hear the first episode, tell us a little about yourself and tell us about your podcast. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, last month when I appeared, I talked about my podcast Bereavement Room. It's very much a podcast that is about grief and loss from the perspective of black and brown communities. Uh, we explore everything from mental health to workplace politics to COVID-19 to anticipatory grief to sudden death. Uh, I've had two seasons already. The third season commences at the beginning of June and I'm super excited that uh, I've got a third season in the making, uh, currently interviewing very heavily and yeah I just you know it's a community podcast and it's something that I'm very very proud of because you know it's very much tied into my own personal experiences uh so it's really nice for me to you know be able to chat with you jesse a little bit about my podcast and, and grief and loss which is you know massively taboo topic but in the times that we're living in right now we do need to start talking about it a bit more openly and making space for it yeah and i you know i've gone and sampled some episodes um and I find them, I find them very, I don't know if inspiring is the right word, but, but, but cathartic. In other words, this is not a, um, a quote unquote downer podcast. This is all about just the process and, and things that, because everyone grieves a different way. And I think your, mm. your, giving people formats and to talk um, is, is empowering people and, and letting people know that the different ways to grieve are, is, is something that you each have to find your own way. 
That's it, exactly. Um, it's It really very much is about holding a space to have meaningful conversations and acknowledging that, yeah, we, we all grieve differently. I mean, everyone will grieve at one point in their life. Grief is universal, but the narrative around bereavement is not. And I guess the one thing that my podcast Bereavement Room gives to people is that opportunity to be able to, you know, have a very unfiltered, conversation openly about their experience yeah and especially um you know one of the things that um there was a lot of noise when bruce did his jeep commercial uh for the super bowl and one of the things that people brought up is that they filmed it in a a chapel with a christian church and that you know, people of other faiths could have been uh, feel excluded while he's giving a message of the middle. Now, as a 60-year-old white guy who was raised in a Baptist church, converted to Catholicism, you know, I don't see any of that. Yeah. I just went, oh, what nice. Bruce is asking us to come together. Um, and I think that is, and I don't want to get too deep, but I think that is something that is always interesting to bring is you view things from your lens and uh, not it. everyone has that same lens, that same background. No, no. Look, we all experience the world uh, differently from one another. We all have our unique experience of the world. And I think it's fair to say that we all hold prejudices and biases and sometimes we're conscious of it and sometimes we're not conscious of it, but it really does come down to your world. Um, I didn't hear that about him holding that event in the church, but I mean, is, is Brees religious? Is he a, is he Christian? Maybe that's why he did that. Well, um, he, he, he was raised Catholic and he talks often that you can't escape that no matter okay. what. Um, mm. And the, the premise of the commercial is that in the lower 48 states of the U.S., the absolutely center of that landmass of the 48 states is in a place, um, and there is a marker saying this is the center of the United States, you know, not including Alaska and Hawaii, right? And mm. so, and someone had built a chapel there that is open to all, and so the theme of the podcast of the podcast look at me the commercial was we need to find a middle ground we we are so we are so divided as a nation we need to find middle ground so they use this as a symbolic that this is the center of the country therefore can we find a middle ground um, which offended people on the far right because how dare bruce who's criticized president trump and has you know been horrible speaking against his policies dare how now he wants to go to middle ground and then the far left it criticized them because how dare you ask us to go in the middle because these these are people who are racist and people who want to stop people from voting and and want to stop a woman from choose and and you know and oh by the way you mentioned the ground you're sending on was actually stolen from native americans so yeah <laughs> the, yeah uh, someone tweeted, and, and I, I thought it was so true, that the um, the reaction to Bruce's commercial about asking us to meet in the middle 
explains how far away we are from the middle <laughs> at all. That's true. That's very, very true. And I would agree completely with that. Um, it will always be a convoluted and, and complex topic where it will divide people. Yeah. And I, I guess when I think about my podcast, that's the reason why I created Bereavement Room, because mm-hmm. I wasn't welcoming other spaces. So I was like, well, then I need to create my own welcoming space. And it's it's done pretty well for itself. And I felt empowered by creating my own space because I'm not welcome to speak about my experiences in other spaces. Um, and I mean, with Bruce, is he is he a Republican? I don't really know what his political views no, he's, are. He's very left. Uh, he is very liberal. Yeah. Yeah, I he so. has ran. Yeah. He has. He is. <clears throat> he has done concerts for, you know, he did concerts for Barack Obama, John Kerry, Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Uh, you know, he has. He has his own podcast, a radio show on E Street Radio, and he has um, had horrible things to say about Donald Trump. And in fact, yeah. one of the things that I absolutely love is um, he had a quote early that with all apologies to our commander in chief, wear a effing mask. <laughs> he did not say effing. Uh, and uh, <laughs> that so, was a sentiment though. Yes. And it was, um, you know, he, you know, but all his career, he has, has talked about it and he has said his songs are about the struggle, yeah. the struggle between the American dream That's and the American reality. Yeah. Right. And the gap yeah. between us. And early in his career, he had said, no one wins unless everyone wins. That's which, it. Yeah. Which, of course, immediately, you know, people, oh, you're against capitalism and you're against like, no, the idea is you're the idea is you want to be let's try to be nice and understanding to each other. Right. And yeah. that doesn't mean you embrace someone who, you know, wants to stop, um, you know, who want to put, uh, you know, immigrant kids in prison, you know, in jails and separate parents. No, we don't support that. Um, you know, I had a real good friend try to ex- explain to me once. He said, look, I want to go back to where you want safe borders. I want safe borders. We disagree how to do it. Let's figure out how to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. I want the UK economy to be strong. You want the UK economy to be strong. We just disagree how to do it. Let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think that's where, in my mind, at least as middle, which leads me to how are things going over there? We mentioned a little before I went recorded, you know, here in Texas, I am feeling very strange because our governor this week, as we're recording this, opened up the state. He says every business can have 100%. And by the way, I'm getting rid of the mask mandate. Now, every business, if you still want to have masks, that's fine. And everyone, it's your personal choice. But I no longer believe the government should tell you you have to wear a mask. And I'm going, what What are you doing? Only 7% of the state population has been uh, vaccined. What, mm. why, why would you make this? But it's for political reasons, right? He just wants to show, hey, Texas is a freedom-loving state versus... Um, you know, trying to do the right thing for citizens. So it's Mm. crazy. Mm. And it could also be for reasons of money, because let's face it, uh, the economy's lost a lot of money during this pandemic uh, everywhere in the world, in every country. It's hit people so, so hard. And so they want to make a risky decision, you know, 
this go back as soon as possible let's not wear a mask or um i'm a politician i want you to see that i'm doing something yes yeah yeah absolutely it's just crazy so but are you and yours doing well (laughs) great question not really like (laughs) like so we've we've you know we're still locked down businesses haven't only essential businesses are open um and schools are closed everyone's being homeschooled but apparently schools are gonna reopen very soon later this month but a lot you know the British public see schools as a super spreader and as soon as we reopen schools we have to then close the country down again and I guess people are quite fearful that because not all of us have been vaccinated as you mentioned earlier for you it's seven percent I don't know what our percentage is I think it's just it's probably around about the same or lower that there's there's just a fear that we're going to reopen too soon go back to life too soon and then we're going to be locked down again um from september after going on a massive binge during the summer which is what happened last year so you know there's just a lot happening with the budget being released as well the new budget about how much longer they can use the furlough scheme uh followed by you know now's a good time for people to buy property because you know they're giving away 95 percent mortgages now <laughs> and yeah. you know stamp, stamp duty has been eradicated whereas before you'd be paying thousands in in stamp duty so now's a great time to buy property and so they're tr- trying to make the money back right that there's been lost so people have got concerns about the budget some people are happy about it some people aren't happy about it and then there's this other thing recently where uh, NHS workers, our National Health Service workers, are going on strike because they're not happy with the 1% pay rise. Mm-hmm. So a lot going on in the UK and <laughs> a lot of opinions flying around as usual. Uh, you know, the British public always love to speak out on these things. Um and yeah, just I don't know what the future holds, to be honest. And I I just can't see us, you know, working towards this timeline that they've given us uh, realistically, because I do feel we'll be back at square one at some point, even though the COVID deaths have dropped. I just I don't know. Maybe this is just me being skeptical or fearful or what not. I just I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, really. You just have to wait and see. Well, I, I'm right there with you because um, the we are going down too, but that's because, you know, uh, we're, we're trying to wear a mask. We're trying to do mm-hmm. things. And, you know, and I, they, the local paper showed an article that the flu season was non-existent this year. But because you know, because of everything you're doing to stop COVID, also stop the flu. So washing your hands, remembering social distance, wearing a mask. Mm. And so, um, you know, which is, you know, a small ray of sunshine in in an otherwise, you know, horrible time. So um, I, I know that most of my audience leans toward the left. I mean, his, you know, Bruce's, there are certainly conservatives who love Bruce's music that, sure. um, that, also you know that support president trump and are yeah believe in you know believe in a smaller government and a lot of things that the republican party 
supposedly stands for. I'll shut up. Yeah. Uh, that's, so, that's why I was a bit confused. Is he yeah. Democratic or is he Republican? Because I know that a lot of his um, fans are from the Republican Party. Yeah. And which is funny because, right, they uh, and we laugh about that, you know, when President Trump was in the hospital, they were playing Born in the USA. Yes, I saw and that. And it's like, okay, okay <laughs> this is an anti-war song. I mean, this is not a patriotic song. Uh, and and by the way, it, I, I, it was so funny. A couple weeks ago, I had a wonderful guest, Catherine, who is a huge Leonard Cohen fan. Mm. And we talked for almost an hour and a half about her musical journey and how much she loves Leonard Cohen. And she said... Bruce and him have something in common. One of their most popular songs are misunderstood. She goes, Hallelujah is not a song yeah. that people play. They, they like uh, the night before President Biden was inaugurated, they had a memorial service for all the people that lost the US and someone sang Hallelujah. And she's like, It is not the song you would play in a <laughs> memorial service. It is, but everyone misunderstands it. So uh, that's just crazy. Yeah. Well, what first off i always love visiting with you i i just I, I just have a blast talking to you and and i hope you know that you have a welcome space here anytime oh, as you talked you. about you know that sometimes um you know and it's true sometimes people you know we are a very fractured society you mm. you you know if you lean right you watch fox news if you lean left you watch msnbc mm. here in the u.s i you know uh so mm. But you're always welcome. But specifically, um, Calcimo was here last time, and I mentioned that I, f I said, you should check out Bruce's latest album, Letter to You, because I think it has a lot of themes of grief in it. Mm -hmm. And you said, okay, I will. And I, it seemed like almost immediately, I know it wasn't that quick, but you sent me a DM in Twitter and said, oh my gosh, I've listened to this album, and it's totally about grief. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm completely. like, okay, do you want to come back and talk about it? And you said, I'd love to. So kind of take it from there and we'll have a discussion. Yeah, sure. So I gave it a quick listen. And um, well, if you look at the song titles, for one, a bit of a big giveaway. I think generally with artists, anything that we're singing about is related to grief whether it's grief from war or secondary losses or death I think in this album it's you know I don't know who this album is dedicated to if it was a band member or a family member but it spoke to me so much because you know he was saying death is not the end uh, I think in the song love letter um, you know one minute you're here and the next you're gone which is very much related to sudden death yes. um, and I, that really spoke to me because obviously my dad, my dad's death was a sudden death. And I was like, oh my gosh, she was, you know, you're happy as Larry one minute, minding your own business. And then the next, bam, you know, your, your world is turned upside down. And I just felt like with those lyrics in that song, you know, one minute you're here and the next you're gone. It just really spoke to my heart. And I was like, oh my gosh, this album is so much about grief as I was, you know, working through all of the songs and having a listen. It's so, it's just so sad and poetic. Um, I also feel like the timing as well. So he released it in 2020, right? Yeah. So um, to give you a little bit, um, so it, 
in 2019, a, um, the, he was in a band in high school called the Castiles. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he said that he had remained friends with those guys and he was at the bedside of George and I can't remember George's last name. I should look this up, but anyway, and he passed, you know, he, he passed away, not there necessarily where Bruce was there, but did. And all of a sudden Bruce realized he was the only person left alive from that band he was into in high school. Oh, wow. Wow. And then the other story he told is he was doing, um, he was doing his Broadway show and one night, um, you know, he says, you, and just to share, uh, Kalsima, he would, people would line up before the show and after the show and he would sign things, right? Yeah. yeah. And so after the show, he um, he was walking out and this guy handed him a guitar and Bruce said, oh, you want me to sign this? So, no, 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 this is yours. Oh, I, you know, and it, it was from Italy. The guy was from Italy. Um, and, and so Bruce, you know, put the guitar in the car and he said uh, a little bit later, he picked it up and it was a really beautiful guitar. He said, well done, just beautiful, great sound. And he started strumming it and he started thinking about losing his bandmates and, you know, and he had lost Clarence several years ago and Danny and okay. songs started coming, right? He's a lost man standing. Yes. Okay. And so that's where the band came from. And then uh, the other thing that I found fascinating is historically, the, over the past several years when they've recorded, Bruce would go in the studio and make a demo of the songs where he would play all the instruments. And mm-hmm. then when the E Street Band came to play, he would play the demo. And as one of them said, we play beat the demo right? Like he's already got the song done. Now we've got to do it better than what he did. Mm. And so someone asked, Hey, Bruce, can we not do that? Can you just, can we start it from fresh? So there was a beautiful documentary on Apple TV of him. And so all the band is sitting around with their reading glasses on and yellow pads and pins. And he's playing the song just with a guitar and they're all writing and then they sat there and so over three days they recorded most of the album oh wow wow and that's a short that's a short period of time to complete an album yes and um and and i do think that um all of the songs um you know are it is kind of interesting that, um, and a lot of people talked about um, that is this kind of him saying goodbye, right? But I've mm-hmm. heard other people go that, no, this is just kind of, it's kind of a where we are currently with our career and where are we going to go next, right? Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I do agree, though, that while, I mean, well, let me ask you, do you think it's a sad album or do you find it a hopeful album? I think it's a very sad, poetic album. Okay. Um, that's what I heard as I was listening to it. But it, I mean, it's a love letter. 
and you know people write love letters all the time in fact in therapy when someone has died just coming back to death um they always say have you thought about writing a letter to the person that died even though you can't post it off to them and they'll never read it it's meant to be cathartic as you said earlier um you know there are different cathartic things that you can do I mean it to me when I listen to that album it just I I hear something poetic and cathartic about the way that those songs have been written and um the tone in his voice uh so I mean that's just how I interpreted it uh, that it is a love letter in that sense whether it's related to the death of his band mate, mates and him being the last one standing and also what to do going forwards with their career because there's still there's still grief related to that as well yes. you know we all grieve even in job losses and job changes and transitions and it's so closely related to the death of prior bandmates so it's sad I think it is a poetic sad piece of work you know the um you know in the letter to you which was the very first single you know mm. he talked about in my letter to you I took all my fears and doubts in my letter to you all the hard things that I found out in my letter to you all that I found true and I sent it in my letter to you mm. um and I do think that's very you know, we discussed it as, you know, fans, like, well, is that a letter to the fans? Is that a letter to the people that he's lost? And I think it's a little bit of both, right? I think, yeah, where, you know, he is saying, um, and, you know, I'm especially, uh, the final song, um, I'll See You In My Dreams, Oh, I love that song. Yeah, it is, um, you know, and (laughs) it's funny. Um, Later today, I'm going to meet with my buddies and we're going to talk about the latest, the final episode of WandaVision, right? (laughs) This is the Marvel cinema (laughs) with Scarlet Witch and everything. Yeah. And um and no spoilers in case someone hasn't seen it, but it's a, there's a very poignant ending and, uh, and it, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking of, you know, I'll see you in my dreams where all summers have come to an end. I'll see you in my dreams. We'll meet and live and love again. I'll see you in my dreams. Yeah. Up around the river bend for death is not the end. And I'll Mm. see you in my dreams. Mm. I'm going to sound like fanboy. <laughs> well, you, you are. Yeah, but <laughs> if right. you, to to be able to write even one song that's that in depth, absolutely, it's just amazing, isn't it? It is. It really is. And I mean, I think these interpretations are subjective anyway. But I feel like with "I'll See You in My Dreams," you know, to me, that's something that I think about when I think of my dad now, because yes. I I see him in my dreams now. I do. I, that's when I see him. Yes. He, he's no longer walking this earth. So I do see him in my dreams. And that's all I can hope for. And yeah, because of faith and religion, which I think he touched on in one of his songs, The Power yeah. of Prayer, that if you do come from a belief system, death isn't the end. Right. Um, so to be able to create all of that in such a short space amount of time 
a really impressive but it must have come from somewhere because when our creative juices are flowing that's not manufactured that's like right there on the spot epiphany type thing it is and i think also that for those who do not have a um of faith that people are um either agnostic or atheist um Mm. i also think in a lot of ways death is not the end because as long as you remember them they're part of your life oh yeah yeah And, and so i think that absolutely you know being raised the way i do you know you do think okay i i will not only see you in my dreams but i will see you um in the next life in the next life absolutely Mm -hmm. whatever that means whatever that's going to be and um to have this touching method i'm truly looking forward to hearing them do it live Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know because i think it in you know and earlier in the song right he says i got your guitar here by my bed all your favorites and all the books that you read now i don't know but i'm sure there are things of your father that are there at your home that help you think of him all the time, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I uh, kept quite a few of his belongings. Uh, I wear some of his, some of his jumpers sometime because I find that comforting. So yeah. whether you have a belief system or, or not, you know, I've got friends that are atheist and agnostic and, you know, when it's Christmas, they'll lay out a seat for that person because it's not the end when someone lives on in your memory, love lives on. Um, so they'll mark it in little ways like that where they'll have a toast at Christmas or, you know, they'll they'll go to that person's favourite place or cook that person's favourite food. Um, so, you know, death isn't the end and we, we do this in all different ways. Uh, whether we have a, a belief system about the afterlife or not, it's a, a unique and individual experience. And with, with my dad, you know, he left behind you know, he wasn't extravagant. He didn't have any big tastes or anything, but he always had this watch that he wore on his wrist, right? And um, I always knew that if he passed away, that watch would come to me, but it was just quite symbolic of him and who he was because he really liked a good watch, like a decent watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's comforting for me to to wear it and sure. it's com- comforting for me to have his to wear his jumper some people might find that strange but my dad was into his jumpers you know sure. and, and I, I wanted to keep a few because it's just you know the smell and the the feeling that it gives me and it keeps me closer to my dad knowing that he's no longer here and I know I can't be the only one many people have things like what do you have I mean you must have a few things that I do I um I I have a um a small little pen knife, um, little small little pocket knife that was my grandmother's that she carried mm-hmm. all the time. And I carried that. Uh, I have, what's funny is um, after my father died, um, I asked mom, I said, do you, I said, do we have a guitar of dad's? And she goes, yeah, yeah, here's a guitar. And so for the long, and I don't play the guitar. I've always wanted to learn, but I just never have taken the time. And so for the longest time, I had the guitar in the living room. And when my son uh, moved out, you know, he had moved back in and then with COVID. And so he just got a, his own apartment a few months ago. And Mm -hmm. he said, dad, do you mind if I bring Gramps guitar to the house? 
And I'm like, no, I don't mind at all. I said, I think that's, I think that's perfect that, you know, it was your grandfather's, then it was mine and now it's yours. And so um, we have, you know, we have paintings that uh, my grandmother had done. And just recently, my mom um, said, all the albums I own are going to be yours anyway. So why don't I go ahead and let you have them? So, um, so the line says all your favorite records and the books you have read. And my mother is a wonderful reader, just like I am. Mm -hmm. And uh, we exchange books all the time. And so even though she's still here, I know that, you know, when I lose her, these records will mean the world to me that I have those from her. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think others, um, I know that my, my wife had um, her father's rosary Mm -hmm. and she kept that in her purse. And then she has, you know, jewelry of her mom's that she wears. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that she always says she bought a wind chime, you know, and she put it up on the back porch. And she says, every time it rings, she says, it's her mom talking to her. Oh, that's so lovely. I love that. Yes. I love that. And so we'll be outside and it'll get very wingy and you'll hear the ching, 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 ding, ding. And she goes, boy, mom's really talking today. Um, And so I and I think the important message, and I'm sure you talk about this, is the sadness never goes away, but you become a new normal. Mm. Yeah. That, that um, and I don't know about you, Kalsima, but there is, there is probably not a week go by where I don't think, wow, I should call dad and, oh, wait, he... I can't call dad Definitely. or you know we uh, we we lost a very good friend several years ago that is our age and Rick and uh, probably probably three four times a year we will start talking about it and mm. uh, Chris knew him you know all his life that's my son and we'll talk about it. he says man I'd love to talk to Rick I just would love to get his advice and I'd love to hear that fool's thoughts and you know so um, I, I'm sure you think about your dad all the time. Oh yeah, always, always. And when I want advice or I want to tell him some good news or did you hear this? I want to be able to pick up the phone. In fact, it's interesting you talk about that um, because I haven't deleted my dad's phone number um, from my phone book, even though I know that the line is dead. Um Sometimes I'll randomly just call the landline number, my old household number to, I don't know why, I know my dad's gone, but I'll still call the number and it just kind of reconfirms that he did actually die. Yes. Um, and I, it, most people might think that I should delete the number, but you know, my dad was someone that called me a lot and we had a lot of conversations, whether it was face to face or on the telephone, he was my best friend. And, you know, even as time goes by, you just carry it with you differently you just it you just you're still carrying that loss and you still carry that every day of when you hit a milestone or something's happened or 
you know, you maybe have cooked a, a, some kind of meal that your dad would have liked or, yes. you know, if, I, if I'm eating a bag of fish and chips by the seaside, I know that that's something that me and my dad did a lot when I was growing up and he, he loved a bag of chips and I'll always, my dad will always, you know, surface in my memory every day in any of my daily activities, whatever I'm doing. And it's, it's one of, it's like a gift, I guess, in a sense that, I've realized as I've gotten older that I go to less weddings and to more funerals. Yes. And <laughs> that's sad, but it's, it just keeps me more grounded of the reality of life really. And, and, and what's meaningful. And I do think about my dad all the time. And I just think that, you know, when I was younger, I didn't want all these old paintings or any of my dad's jumpers or anything like that. Cause you know, he was alive and stuff, yeah. but these things are so important to me now. Like you talked about the rosary beads. So we also have like a version of the rosary beads as well in like Islamic prayer that we use. Mm-hmm. And my mum left some beads behind as well, which I have hanging on my door, um, on my door. So um, it's in, you know, it's just wherever you look, wherever you turn, my for me my parents are always with me and it just I am really grateful for the things that I do have I know they're just things but they just remind me of who my parents were whether it is beads or a watch or a jumper it's it's with me as I go go along as I carry this loss so one of the very odd things I have is um my grandfather ran a dairy farm and oh, yeah. he was he was a farmer and so he was very handsy he was you know he did a lot of work and you know mm-hmm. have to put up fences and build you know s- trains and fix the barn and things like that so I have his tape measure <laughs> my mom said here do you want grandpa's tape measure and at first I was like yeah sure and I find great comfort in this 40 year old tape measure that's rusty but it is you know it is something that is very practical that when I pull out um you know I I feel grandpa near me and Mm -hmm. seeing that so it is interesting yeah um and and Linda often says um uh her her dad's name was Raymond and her mother's name was Margaret and she would say, you know, Ray and Margaret would love being here today. And mm-hmm. we will go, well, they are. But, you know, it is, um, th- they really loved family, as did my mom and my dad. So, and luckily my mom's still with me. But mm-hmm. we do that, you know, that when you're all together again, um, you get, the, and, and there's a wonderful story, Calcima, uh, that, when Bruce toured, um, the first tour after Clarence died, and Clarence was such an icon, um, it was it was strange when they lost Danny, who was the organ player. But when you lost Clarence, he was such part of the East Street Band. You know, he was such this mm. big presence. They call him the big man, right? And mm. he was Bruce's foil on stage. And so, when they toured without him, there was a lot of discussion: Can we tour without Clarence? And so the first tour they did after, they actually had, you know, like four horn players <laughs> to, instead of just one horn player, Clarence wow. and the clarinet. Yeah. And there is this, at one point 
in the set list the first time they played um he they did um city of ruins mm. and they do roll call mm. and they name every band member right like you know on horns blank 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 on yeah. background vocals blank 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 you know on bass gary talent on dramas max weinberg you know and they go through and at the end of it bruce looks out at the crowd and says are we missing anyone are we missing anybody and they start cheering are we missing anybody and then you know are we missing anybody and then he says well i know this if you're here and we're here they're here that's lovely i love it and i I started crying because it was, yeah. they had broadcasted over the radio. It was on E Street Radio. And um, I was lucky enough, they did that for the first few, first leg of the tour. He would play that song and he would say that to everyone. Um, and I think about that, and I don't know if you have a big family or not, um, but okay. I have a pretty big extended family. And so when everyone's there and you're, you know, you're, everyone's cooked meals and you're there and you're laughing I think of that well if we're here and they're here you know if if you're here and we're here they're here Mm. and their spirit of those we've lost are still with us Mm. and that's really important I think to have that network and that family system or if you don't have family uh friends maybe I know lots of people say their family or their friends um so that you can explore and hold space and have that feeling of well if you're there they're here um but I just I just want to acknowledge that sometimes people have estrangements in their family even if they do have big families or small families and uh, and I think that's really important part of the healing process to have that support because uh otherwise it doesn't feel like that when you are there that they're here because that support isn't there you know without trying to turn this into a negative thing it's just, no 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 I agree yeah yeah that, that, that is quite common as as well because I I know what it's like when I do get family support and we you know we cook these big meals right during yeah. the holidays and you're recreating something that was passed on by your your grandparents and your parents and that's really important to be able to sustain that it really does help with the grief process I've always believed in that but many have commented it's hard to recreate something like that because sometimes in grief it can divide your families and there can be estrangement or people didn't have families and you never can recreate that but that is really important and I think that it's it's nice that we reiterate that you know if you're here then they're here with you Uh, it's I mean that's lovely and and I think we should strive for that as much as possible really. I do. And I do understand that sometimes there is this um, grief. And once again, as we talked about, everyone grieves a different way. And Mm. sometimes you lash out in pain to those people that are feeling the same pain Mm. and either through, um, you know, because of um, material things that, you know, possibly, well, I wanted that or I wanted that Mm. or, you know, things like that. It's sad. Um, I do need to to lighten the mood just a little bit. Yeah, of course. Um, there, I, I I love the fact that you kept your dad's phone number in your system. Though I'm going to tell you, a, um, 
my father had died in 2011 and he mm -hmm. was uh he lived in kentucky and so all of us had gone up kentucky for two or three days to you know arrange the funeral kind of help my mom clean out the house they they were still married but they lived in separate um homes like she lived in louisiana because she didn't want to be away from louisiana and he lived in kentucky because he hated louisiana and okay. so it was just it was a very it, it worked for them but it, you know it's kind of weird so so i'm driving in the car and all of a sudden my cell phone lights up and it says dad oh and i'm like oh, holy blank Moly. right mm. and i'm like hello and it's mom. Hey, I'm wondering, can you pick up some soda? Like, <laughs> mom, what are you doing? Well, my phone was, my phone was dead. So I'm just using your dad's phone. Oh my God, that's like, hilarious. Don't do that. What are you, it was that's hilarious. Uh, it just, you know, her, it was just a practical thing for her. Oh, his phone still got a charge. Let me call it. But it yeah. totally freaked me out. Like what, 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 why is dad calling me? So that would have freaked me out to be honest. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, you Can know, I just say, please. I just want I just want to say, I love the story about the tape measure. And I'm not just saying this because my dad had a toolbox, right? And he had a tape measure that was like yeah. 40 years old as well. And I kept that and I still use it as well when I'm putting streamers up to measure walls and stuff. Because um, my dad was good with his hands. He was like an engineer and worked in factories and yeah. stuff. So I just wanted to say I, I somewhat relate to that. And I, I love the tape measure story. I know that maybe for some listeners a bit odd but that tape measure also brought me comfort I still have it on my kitchen shelf but yeah I, I love that I love that you shared that thank yeah, you yeah well you are very welcome yeah it's the idea that um you know and often people will pass down bibles and and you know other uh things though I did <laughs> um speaking of grief we were at my mom's house a few years ago and um she brought out all these books that mm. had been at the funeral home of the different family members, you know, how yeah. there's a book you sign. Mm. And she's like, Jesse Wayne, because that's what I'm, I'm Jesse Wayne to her. Because my <laughs> dad was Jesse Joel Jackson and I'm Jesse Wayne Jackson. So I'm Jesse Wayne to her. She's like, Jesse Wayne, I just, do you want these? And I'm looking at her like, I don't want to hurt her feelings, but I have no, because it's all, it's just a book of signatures. Mm -hmm. You know, it isn't people writing things about dad. It's just signatures. And mm -hmm. it just felt at this point, I didn't want it. And so I'm like, no, 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 it's too early. And so um, I don't know. Have you ever watched the show, The Sopranos? Oh, yes. A long time ago now. Okay. It's been a while, yeah. So there's a scene early where um tony's mother mm. he's trying to get her to go to a retirement community yes you know and yeah. she says take this lamp and he goes we're good on lamps mom we're <laughs> fine on lamps and so when we got in the car chris goes yeah we're good on death books mimi we can be kind we don't need um and i know that that's part of her grieving process getting ready mm. is getting things to us yeah, but sometimes you're like you're still here you know, I, I don't need to go through this. Uh, so yeah. it's very, very interesting. Mm. Um, Timing is everything with these things. You've got to be ready, right? Yes, you do. Yeah. Um, so you've already started recording some uh, for season three? 
Yes, I have um, started recording. Some episodes are scheduled in. And yeah, it's going to be an exciting one. People are anticipating it because it was funded by the community. So. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. really good. I, I think, you know, I, I in a lot of ways, right, this is an honor to both your mom and dad. Oh, absolutely. It's a privilege. It really is. Because, you know, I'm honoring their memory. I'm honoring our experiences. And to be able to hold space for others so that they can also honor their parents and have their grief witnessed. That's, that's so important. Right. And it, it is, I, I would never have got that in a nine to five job or any other setting uh, d- doing something like this. It, it feels like a, a real privilege. It's like traveling uh, around the world. Um, you just wouldn't get that from a, from going to work. Yes. Uh, I've never experienced what I've experienced on, on the bereavement room and creating this space. So yeah, I, just, I feel like so many people have been honored in that space. So yeah. I, I think that's such a blessing and, and it's such, I think it's, I think it's, you're doing a very powerful um, work for good. I, I think this is a, uh, I think this is a, um, a true grace. I mean, I think you are showing grace to others and helping and, and I'm just really proud to call you my friend. Oh, thank you, Jesse. I'm so glad we met. That's so too. sweet. Yeah. yeah, and I love chatting with you. And it came from the heart, and yes. these things have to come from the heart. So. They absolutely. Uh, remind people how they can find the podcast. Oh, yeah, sure. So, um, everyone, if you want to give Bereavement Room a listen, you can find it on any podcast channel, uh, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen. Uh, There's two full seasons up there. If you want to give it a follow on social media to have a listen to short clips, uh, you can find most of the short clips on Twitter or Instagram. The handle is at Bereavement Room. Good. And your personal Twitter? Oh, my personal Twitter, if you want to follow my opinions, it's at Kalsima Ali. Yes. Kalsima, this was so much fun. I appreciate it. I love that you um, enjoyed hearing Bruce's latest album and uh, the share. Uh, I don't know if you've had a chance yet, but um, he and Barack Obama are doing a podcast and uh, it's uh, it's it's on spotify i I hope it's available in the uk um they've been telling some great stories oh wow what a that's a force you know great duo great duo (laughs) yeah you're like wow like okay uh you know here we here we go yeah it's uh it's really funny he they tell in the very first episode that Bruce had done a fundraiser for him, you know, a concert, but they didn't really get to meet till afterwards. And they started talking and he says, what worked most is Michelle really liked Patty. <laughs> and so, and he said yeah. he would get all the time. Michelle would go, you need to spend more time with Bruce because Bruce gets it. He, Patty has trained him well. You need to spend <laughs> more time with Bruce. Love and it. so it is so funny hearing these two from very different backgrounds, you know, mm. talk and share. So it's a very, really cool podcast. So you should check that out. Oh, yeah, definitely will do. And I just want to say on the back of that, behind yeah. every man is a great woman. So, Absolutely. I have know. no doubt. Uh, I, my beautiful, lovely bride, Linda, is, uh, keeps me on the straight and narrow and, and is truly um, <laughs> someone who uh, keeps it going. So well tell. said. <laughs> um, 
thank you so much. I am so excited about the new season. Uh, I know you are going to do so much good and share healing and love in the world. And I'm so glad that you joined me today to share and help promote it. Uh, let's talk again. We'll find an excuse to talk sometime. Oh, yeah. For that sure. sounds great. Yes. For uh, sure. Thank you for your kindness. Oh, it's so welcome. Listeners, you stay safe. Remember to wash your hands. Remember to social distance. Ignore the governor of Texas and wear a mask. <laughs> and let's all be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this. Absolutely. For now, thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlessingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlessingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store, where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page, where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com 
Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 